Welcome, everyone, to Expressions the Podcast, Season 2, Episode 9. This evening, we have a very special guest on. We have Andres Moline, who is an industrial product designer, a marine designer, as well as a professional photographer doing macro products and landscape photography. Oh! This is the first time I do a podcast, to be honest. Awesome. Yeah, it is. Awesome. It is. So I'm very excited about it. Welcome. Yeah. It's it's a little bit it's a little bit different. Um, I'm I'm still feeling like I'm a newbie at it. Um, I, I haven't had a lot of guests of my own on. I I sort of ride the coattails of of uh, Aurora Brian and and Ryan. We have a, a, a fourth host, Ryan, who uh, couldn't be here this evening. Um, but it sort of works out well because Brian, Aurora, and I are also all photographers. Um, I am certainly not to your caliber. I will strive to be there one day, but uh, I'm, I'm certainly not there. Thanks. But uh, before we get into talking with you, I'll just say hello to my co-host this week. Um, Aurora, how are you this week? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, today I had the chance to spend uh, some time with my family. I actually haven't seen my mom and my siblings since Thanksgiving in person. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Uh, so it's been a long time. So we uh, had quite a bit of a, a fun afternoon. We went to a little crepe restaurant, and we had board games and stuff, and we just hung out and, and, and did that. So it was a lot of fun. Um, and now I'm here for the podcast, so Perfect. super excited. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've got an exciting one, for sure. And Brian, how are you this evening? Awesome. I'm very excited. Um we, we know Don Komarechka for macro photography, and my whole world of macro, everything kind of compares to the Don Komarechka experience. And I'm just looking at some of your photos, and I'm just like, there's another one. <laughs> like, this is fantastic work. Don is a very hard it's, act to follow, I tell you. Don is a special it's talent, wonderful. but looking at your images, you, you – okay, so there's photographers, and then there's photographers that get it, that understand – uh, the subtleties and the composition and the, the science and the math and getting the detail right and knowing what to shoot. And, and that's where I see your work is. So I'm very excited to talk to you. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be a great chat. <laughs> thank you so much. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and thank you for being here again, Andres. It's it's just amazing to look at your work. I've been, I've been drooling all over your webpage here. It's a good thing I'm at my own desk, but uh, <laughs> obviously um, for, for our, our viewers on YouTube, uh, obviously you're seeing our, uh, Andre's webpage, but our listeners on Spotify uh, will put a link to Andre's webpage in the link um, below so that you can see it. But this work is phenomenal. We're, uh, what are we looking at here, Andre? Uh, well, this, this is a uh, well, <laughs> this beautiful fly with these gorgeous eyes. It's actually a horse fly, and uh, they bite really hard. Yes, they do. So, <laughs> sometimes the beautiful uh. things are. You know, the most dangerous ones. And this is going to give me nightmares now that I know it's a horse sure. fly. Now, <laughs> I, I just have my, my question when I'm looking at this, knowing how flies don't like to sit. They don't stay. Um, is, is this fly alive while you're shooting this? Yes, it, it is. Uh, this, this picture was taken here in Florida uh, by the Everglades. Uh, if you have an understanding of how these insects uh, react to light, you will be able to take multiple pictures of them. And um, so I use certain techniques to be able to approach them and then, uh, you know, be able to photograph them as I, like this photo is a photo stack. So there's multiple photos taken 
and then all merged together in software so that yeah. you can get the depth of field that you see here. But, um, you know, there are certain tricks and there, there's a, there, there are different ways of capturing, you know, like different insects. And, uh, and, and flies, you know, they, as good vision as they have during the daytime, their vision is not that great at night. So if you wait at the right time of the day to photograph them, you will be able to capture multiple shots like I did for this photograph. Okay. Uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, all the insects that the photography that I have, they're all alive. Uh, okay. Yeah, it, it's, it's quite easy to, to uh, photo stack dead insects. And, you know, but the real challenge is to photograph them alive, you know, usually uh, at, the, at their location, their habitats. So a lot of these photographs that, that you, you see in my website, it's a preparation. It's a lot of preparation that, that takes for you to like get a really good understanding. You're pretty much like you know, stacking them for a long time. You know, you, you, you become this like a uh, paparazzi, you know, chasing <laughs> them around, you know, hoping for them to stop for the second and allowing you to take, you know, like uh, many pictures like you can see in this one. Wow. And this is what I was talking about earlier about how there's some people that will take it to that next level and just really pay attention to what they're doing at a, at a different degree. Um, I don't think there are many photographers that I know that would have the uh, persistence and the patience to, uh, or the desire to, to be honest, to sit there and, and stalk an animal, an insect specifically. Um, but these images, a horsefly, really? Yeah. Like where are the where are the chompers? Where are those talons that just grab you and take a chunk out of you? I don't see that there. Well, yeah, it, it's right there. That, that that's the mouthpiece right there. It's this this piece a, right oh, there. Yeah. Horseflies. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's the part that she uses. And it's funny because the females are the ones that have a separation between the eyes, right? The males don't. So when you see oh, the horseflies, okay. that the the entire like all the eyes look like a helmet. Those are males, and and they don't bite. All <laughs> like, the males don't bite. <laughs> they don't. Okay. Like you know, usually with flies and and mosquitoes, are the females the ones that that bite? They they they, they use the blood to uh, help them fertilize the eggs. Not not fertilize them, but you know, like to to prep them for laying eggs. Yeah. Wow. So, you, you guys hear? I have, I think, an ambulance or somebody going by right now. Yeah, I can hear. <laughs> I, I thought they were coming to get me for a second, but uh, <laughs> we got to get through this first. <laughs> I apologize. Oh. It, in Miami, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for for this type of photography, so you, you mentioned that uh, this subject is quite alive when you take the picture. If if I'm not mistaken, most insects you wouldn't get the uh, the vibrance or the colors if this insect was dead. Am I correct? That that's correct. Uh, so you know, like the, the main challenge of uh, uh, photographing uh, dead insects is that. Uh, First of all, they look posed. You know, you, when you see a dead insect, when they do these beautiful, like, super stacks, that, you know, I mean, they're still wonderful photographs, but it, that requires a lot of preparation. I have uh, friends of mine uh, in Canada, actually, that are great photographers uh, for that type of photography. And they usually buy, you know, like, dead insects that come from Africa, from other places, but they, they have to hydrate them. They have to, they, it has a process uh, okay. for them to wow. get them ready. Uh, so yeah, you, you will lose the color in the eyes. You, you usually all the little hairs and scales that you know, like the different insects have, you will see those as well. Will have a lot of damage. And so usually you realize when the dead, when the insect is dead because of those those uh, those things, you know. And then the other thing too is you, you, you can see in this one here, you know, like the the, the antennas in, in in the in the face and the mouth and everything, you know, it's, it, everything is in the right place, you know. And and that only happens when they're alive. 
when, when they're dead, you can see usually when the antenna is missing or like parts are, uh, you know, like posing in the wrong direction. That's right. Sort of yeah, fair enough. I'm yeah. so interested because you mentioned uh, before you're using some sort of technique with the light in order to get them to stay in one place. Yeah. Is it like like really blinding light? Like, uh, well, it's just so interesting to me. So, so this is this is the, this is what happens uh, in photography. You know, light captures movement and it stops it, right? So if you have the right strobe and the right speed, you will freeze light. You freeze you freeze the, the image. So. When you're taking macro, it, it's pretty much the same principle, but at a smaller scale. So mm -hmm. the reality is that you, you need less light to acquire a better uh, image because you will be, you know, perfectly uh, frozen if you have less light. So usually these photographs are taking at a very low power of the strobe so that the image gets 100% sharp. And then what I do is that I take multiple images all at once. So my flash, I use an external battery pack so that the flash can take as many pictures as possible, you know, without, without having to recirculate. So I have a battery pack set up into my uh, dual uh, flash heads. And then I just put my camera in, in, in a burst mode and I just press the button and I go back and forth, very small movements. The small movement is very small. I, like I'm talking about pressing the camera against the, my, my, my chip and then feeling how much pressure I can get in my cheek and then let go. You know, that, that small movement is usually about 10 to 15 images of this little guy, you know, just rapid fire. There's usually some, you know, like the, the amount of time that they allow you to photograph them and then they fly. Wow. Okay. Wow. So you're taking it on first. And your uh, flash is cycling through. My multiple. flash is just cycling really fast. I usually put like one eighth of the power, you know, not, yeah. not, nothing very powerful. More, like too much light will not freeze the the, 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 the the image at that moment. And then I, I learned this. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys seen these beautiful like uh, spiders that they have the the tail in the back. They call them peacock spiders. They're they're from Australia. Okay. So uh, Project Maratus is, is, is a group of guys that, you know, they started photographing these very, very small, tiny little peacock spiders, and they dance, and they shake the tail like this, and they move back and forth. And they're very small, and they use the technique to, uh, to photograph them and to be able to capture them because they're very quick. They move very quick when they're, when they're dancing around. So that's the same technique that I'm using for capturing my pictures. Well, it makes sense. Wow. When your flash is on too bright, it stays on for a longer period of time. Flashes don't get brighter and darker. They just stay on for longer or shorter period of time. So when that flash fires, it just stays on just a quick little bit to light it or else the motion of the animal would actually show because the flash would be on it for longer. That's really, I love that. Right? better than I could, man. I'm telling you. Wow. That's, I, I learned, just learned something today. That's awesome. I'm a, I'm a teacher. That's what I do. I love That's it. Awesome. Awesome. Nature for photo, everybody. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> so what, what is the flash setup? Is it like a ring light or are they, are they side? So I have a, it's, it's a twin flash. It's, okay. it's a Canon EX T24 EX. It's just a twin, it's a, it's a twin head uh, flash. The, the flashes can be moved around. So usually, you know, you can position them so that they can lead up the back of the subject and then you can have one that is predominant over the subject itself. So you can move those two. You can control the speed in both of them as well separately if you need to. But but as, as I just mentioned, you know, like what I do is I, I keep the flash power very low so that 
So the the, 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 the the flash, as Brian mentioned before, you know, comes up very quickly. You know, illuminates what it needs to illuminate, and it just freezes that that, that, that slide, and then just rapid burst. The, the, the flashes are just pretty much, you know, like uh, it's just two dual head flashes. I think I, I may have it here. If you don't mind, I can show it to you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. I was actually just trying to find a, a photo to share, but that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, because I, I mean, this is obviously something that interests me uh, as far as macro goes. Uh, yeah, I'll bring one of these boxes that has different things, but this one has one of the flashes. And you can see it here. So this is the flash. You oh, know, it's okay. Simple, it's a simple stroke, but it has these dual heads, right? Okay. And the dual heads, I have this. Uh, th these were made by a buddy of mine in, in the UK. These are just diffusers. Okay. But I have different levels of diffusion, of course. Uh, the light is very smooth. And one of these lights go on this ring right here. So one goes in one side and the okay. other one in the other side. And then you can just manipulate them. They can go back and forth in any direction. And they can move side to side as well. Awesome. Oh, that is really cool. That just is so you know, cool. Mark, Nikon has that too. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay. Nikon has, uh, yeah. actually, Godox has that as well. They have a very yeah, interesting fantastic. one, uh, one that you just came out with uh, recently that is really nice as well. I mean, as, as the, the bottom line is this. Look, uh, I mean, I use these uh, flash heads, but they're not necessarily like the only thing that you can use to obtain very good quality pictures. Yeah. Uh, any stroke will work. I think the, the important thing is, you know, how you diffuse that light, you know, to, just to, to make sure that the light spreads and it's very smooth all throughout perfect uh, what what sort of a lens are you using to get that do you remember dan talking about the canon mpe 65 millimeter macro yeah well here it is it's the same thing i think uh, most of us use the same lens uh I, I i shoot with many different lenses uh as a matter of fact i did a tutorial in youtube uh of how to photograph uh with a reverse lens and we should share that in the link as well. The video with I, I, I did a collaboration with the F stoppers, and you know that was the first thing that we did. We released a video to let people know how to shoot macro with any lenses that you may have in your arsenal by reversing them. You know, and then we just explain how to log, how, how you log the aperture. You know, just minimal things, uh, and then we talk about you know briefly we talk about the light. Uh, but again, as I mentioned before, the light is not so important. You don't need to have such a powerful gear. You just need to have the right diffuser. And then obviously this lens, because they magnify from, they go, they go from 1X to 5X. They allow you to do a lot of different things with a simple, with a single lens. Uh, most of the other lenses are, you know, like only 2X or they're only 1X. So it's, it, these are good lenses to have. They're not so expensive. They're quite old. And I think Don mentioned that before. These, these, are, these are not that these are new but they're not new you know it's something that has been out in the market for over 20 years and yeah they're 100 manual and, and that's why i like them so much because you have to have full control of everything that you're doing manually and that usually when you're doing macro everything becomes manual you know i set up my flash manual then i control the output of the power of the light through my aperture you know where if i need more light i up, up, up my aperture if i need to like close it you know so a lot of things become very manual, and this uh, this really forces you to uh, have a really good understanding of of what you're doing with your camera, you know, photography wise. It makes me wonder though. Um, the trend of photography these days is to go to a mirrorless camera. You can't do this with the well. Maybe mirrorless has different technology coming in where they do in camera stacking, but the way you shoot specifically, 
you mentioned it. You want to feel that pressure on your cheek. You want to know how that's feeling. You And you're not really auto-focusing, as you've said. You're manually just rocking yourself to and fro or just moving it as the pressure against your face with a mirrorless. That would be a completely different uh, feel. Have you tried that with a mirrorless? Or Yes, I have. I, I, I tried with Fujifilm. You know, Fujifilm has a 100 megapixel camera. It's, it's a wonderful camera. It's really mm. good for landscape. Uh, but for macro, it's not that great. You know, the, the mirrorless cameras are still not... Mirrorless cameras are really good. They do a lot of different things. You know, they, they can assist you. The color range is amazing. You know, the dynamic range on those cameras is beautiful. But uh, I still, you know, I, I, every time I go back, I still take my 5DSR, which is an old, you know, like six-year-old camera. I always go back to the same camera. Even though I do have, you know, like Fujifilm and I have other gear. Uh, this, the, the DSLRs have something about it that is more mechanical and it allows you to do more with it, you know? Uh, the, the quality of, like, for example, like with, with the 5DSR, uh, it's 50 megapixels. Right now, there's a lot of 50 and 60 megapixel cameras, but most of them are mirrors. And, you know, you still you can pick up one of these 50 megapixel cameras right now for like $1,300. And you will get everything, if not more, of what you're going to get out of one of these uh, uh, mirrorless cameras because it will allow you to buy other things that are important, you know, like your glass, like an, your lights. Like <laughs> yeah, 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 that sort of things. Uh, so, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's that's true about the gear. I think, you know, as things are getting better, they're better for certain things, but for macro, it's not necessary. Ah, you preach, preach, brother. <laughs> <laughs> that's My whole that's life, awesome. day to day. A day in and day out is, is talking to folks about new cameras. I work at Henry's Camera in Newmarket. So does Aurora. And not in Newmarket anymore. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm still <laughs> upset about that. We'll get that changed. Anyway, um, yeah. So with talking to people about cameras all the time, you're, you're constantly trying to talk about the newest and latest and greatest. And I keep on trying to tell people it's not about the gear. It's about how you use the gear. The best feature on any camera is the 12 inches behind it, I always say. And yeah. understanding good, what lenses to choose and understanding the settings and just understanding the limitations. We had a conversation with Don and how just because he understood how aperture and the camera lens worked, he was able to use a broken lens on a vacation that he wouldn't have been able to get photos otherwise. It's just understanding your equipment is so important. And you can save yeah. money by buying an older 5DSR rather than buying yourself a brand new, you know, Sony, whatever, whatever, 50 megapixel camera. Um, and you could still buy the MPE 65 and the flashes and the modifiers. I love that. That's that's preach. Yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, when it comes to photography, sometimes, I mean, I mean I, I'm a minimalist, right? I mean, I, I do a lot of landscape and I, I go in hikes and I go to Iceland and I carry a lot of gear. So I try to carry the least possible that will do as much as possible. So that's why I have the MPE because it just give me a good range. I love Laowa. There's a lot of different lenses that are amazing. You know, yeah. there's, you know, like when people talk about primes and that sort of things, but I, I cannot just bring so many different like lenses. You know, you cannot go through the jungle having two or three different primes that are macros that are amazing. You know, I mean, you got, you got to make sure that when you're wow. there at the moment, you can just bring the right things. Uh, and, and then for that reason, I will always say, you know, I prefer to have, or I usually tell people, it's it's better to have a limited amount of good gear, right? And then have a really good knowledge of it so that you can understand what you can get out of it. 
once you know what you can get out of your gear, the limitations will be you. You know, what can you not do? You know, which can you get a better, uh, like, like you're showing these photos right now, you know, like, can, can you do different uh, time, times of the day? You know, would you be able to do like different, uh, um, man, I'm blind right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. But can, 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 you, can you do long exposures? You know, can you focus on getting the, 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 the right uh, perspectives or trying something that hasn't, hasn't been done before? And even though you already tried the same place a million times, you know, that sort of things. Look so, behind you. Look behind you. Yeah, the 12 inches. Yeah. Love that one. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's amazing too. Like I, I'm a I love to travel, and I don't get pictures. I've I've got the image up here of uh, uh, what what's the water for the waterfall of the gods here yeah, go to uh, in, in Iceland. Uh, I I don't get pictures like this, but I also when I go, I'm I'm trying to see as much as I can, and maybe I need to slow down a little bit uh, because the funny part is I know how to create an image like this. But when I'm traveling, I don't because I'm moving too fast. Mark, you actually, you hit the right point. Um, so during during my photography career, if you want to call it that, you know, I mean, I've been able to do different things. So I, I shot for uh, CSI Miami. You know, I photographed bullets, you know, like a bunch of random things. Uh, and while I was doing that, which is my micro work, you know, I was doing photographing bullets. Believe it or not, that's something that makes you, you can make good money with this. You know, like when you go to when you go to court, the lawyers have to pay a professional photographer to photograph these bullets that have been involved. Hopefully, you know, and that's something something bad that you know ricochet hit someone. You know, like something like that. And then uh, you photograph these things. You know, you can make good income out of these things. And I was doing the same thing with jewelry. You know, photographing earrings, diamonds, and that sort of things. And you get so focused on on, on what you're doing that you forget that you think you have all the knowledge of how to do these things, but then you start forgetting about all the other things that you know that can probably improve on what you're doing. So you start being creative. You, you know, you, you turn your, your passion into work. So I stopped doing that. And then uh, another passion of mine is the traveling and you know, going into hikes, mountaineering, that sort of things. So I started doing that, but then I, at the same time, because, you know, we are photographers, you know, we love photography somehow you have to bring it back into it you know so i end up doing these uh photo tours with this company called boreal expedition uh, and all they do is iceland so i go to iceland i go with all the knowledge that mark has i start putting myself into you know <laughs> photographing things but the, the the main thing that i learned when i was doing this was i was learning from the people that were shooting with me that are not pros and they're looking at with the different eyes. They're looking at the same places. They're getting better compositions. You know, they're getting they're getting very beautiful photographs. And you know, all the technique and everything that Mark and Brian, Aurora, and myself know. You you, you got to leave it behind sometimes, and you have to make sure that you, when you you get to these locations, you just really embrace it and and, and leave the location first. You know, let, let it fill your eyes. You know, like sit there for a second you know feel the cold so you can really get an understanding of what you're photographing and then and then at that point yeah you know like you set up your tripod throw in your filters organize everything that you have to do and then you get some you know that like you can get some incredible pictures at that point you know but prior to that i was getting very common photos as well you know and then i will come back from Iceland, and i will tell myself i'm like wow but what is this you know very common <laughs> photos until i started you know practicing with my my, my students the people that were taking their workshops with us were doing, you know, they were just coming in with big eyes, you know, like the wonder of, you know, the location. 
Yeah, I call that's that power of the pause. I think I'm guilty of that. I show I show up somewhere. I'm like, wow, and I just start shooting, and and then I, I leave and I'm looking through my photos when I'm done, and I'm like, didn't get it. I didn't get what I saw, and um, I, I I need to do that. I need to pause when I when I get to a location. Um, yeah, the, the, well, you just said the truth. The pause. We we need to pause, and yeah. you know, unfortunately, society has fallen victim to cell phones and. And to you know Instagram and all this, everything is quick. And you get to a place, you get to your phone, start snapping pictures around, you know. And, and but we all do it with our cameras as well, you know. I mean, and I think part of it is that you know we we become uh, slaves of social media, and then you know we forget we forget that we're photographers, and the reason why we do it is because we're creative people, and and we need to find the creativity no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, you know. Yeah. I think uh, it's interesting. Um, I did, a, I think the anniversary of it just passed. Brian and I were talking about it. I did a wedding photography seminar with Brian and some other photographers. Uh, I think it was about six or seven years ago. And uh, the one piece of information that I took back from that, the, the most important one, is because everybody's got either a camera or a cell phone or in some cases tablets to, to uh, <laughs> memorialize that, that event. And the idea is as the wedding photographer, I'd better give the bride and groom a picture that they couldn't have got from Uncle Jim with his iPhone. That's right. right. It, has, it has to be a better, a better photo. That's part of something that I learned with Boreal as well, because uh, what Boreal Expedition does is it brings photographers to Iceland. And it's a photo that we just recently took in uh, October, I believe. So wow. We, we bring the people, and the people are usually photographers that are learning photography, or people that just love photography, and then we we photograph them during the trip. Usually the photographer never gets any photos of themselves, you know? So I, as a matter of fact, the pictures that I sent to you when you requested me uh, to send you some of my, my, my yeah. pictures were pictures that people took of me during the trip. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah like, oh, I want you to stand here. I want you to pose because usually, you know, that, that happens. You know, we're the photographers. We're never in any photos in this heart. I had to call everybody and tell my, everybody that went with me to the last trip. And I said, hey, did you guys have any pictures of me? <laughs> yeah, and, and actually, look, do that. <laughs> looking at those photos, they're epic. Like they're they're the most epic shots. The uh, the one of you by the waterfall, I love that. Yeah, um, those are pretty cool, man. Just, I mean, again, listen, uh, you know, we can talk about this later on. I would love to have you guys come to Iceland and explore. Iceland is a wonderful place. We can explore it all together. You know, it, it's it's magical. So it's a mini dream of mine. Well, a pretty big dream of mine to see the Aurora Borealis because I've never seen it before. I've only seen it in photos and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, yeah. Well, Aurora, I'm going to tell you one thing. Listen, <laughs> I, I, know, I know you have the name for it, okay? Yeah. Uh, we'll definitely, <laughs> exactly you, will, right. you will definitely see them. Uh, yeah. Auroras are very magical. It's something very mystical. And you'll be impressed because they do look like these photographs. You know, they dance, you know, they stay for a long period of time. So like the, the photo that you, you saw there, that's, uh, that's a panorama that I took. This is probably like seven uh, photographs to, wow. to, to, to gather the whole panorama. So it, it allows you to do many different things. Sometimes they dance, sometimes they hover, you know, sometimes they change colors. But uh, it's something definitely very mystical. It changes the color. Well, there's another thing that you see in this photograph is that this was a full moon. That this night was a full moon, and that's why wow. the, okay. the mountain was being, you know, was, was able to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to ask that. 
because no, normally for That's night awesome. nightscape photography, you wouldn't want a moon because you want the stars bright. But in this case, the borealis are yeah for borealis full moon. It's definitely a good thing to have. You you will be able to see them. There will be you will definitely be lighting up your foreground, your background. I mean, it's it's wonderful. That's good That's to so know. Cool. Oh yeah, it's it's just an amazing shot. So listen, I want to I want to back up a little bit. I want to back up a little bit here. So when when did you get into photography? Like when did you know, um, or or first start? And then at what point did this become a passion that you know this was what you were going to do, going forward? Well, the, the the photography aspect of my life it came very a very early age. My my mother had a Pentax K one thousand, and you know I mean those the beautiful cameras. I was obviously a kid. Uh, and, and she used to love photography, but she was never able to uh, to do any of it. But she did take beautiful pictures of us. So, I mean, I can tell you that my album, my baby album, my brother's baby album, I mean, it has some wonderful photographs. Because uh, my mother was a creative and, and, and she had very good eye for things. So I it started, at, you know, at an early age, you know. Uh, when I was uh, in high school, I discovered a class called uh, Creative, it's, it's, like, it's like Creative Arts. Uh, so it was uh, the actual name of the class was creative arts, yeah. And uh, Ms. Nielsen was my professor. This class teach you photography, teach you a little bit of everything. I learned how to use Photoshop uh, 3.0 at that time, and you know, like and different things, you know, like basics and principles of uh, graphic design and sort of things. But we had a black, uh, we had we had a dark room, we had equipment that we could borrow, we had medium format cameras, and I started doing it there at that moment, and. I fell in love with two different things, you know, designing products, designing things, and then the photography. And I and I always knew that I was going to put them together, you know, like I always told myself, no matter what I do, I might even that just designing cameras, you know, but I'm going to be doing something with photography. So it was then, I was probably like uh, 15, 14 years old uh, at that time. And then um, and then I, I went to school in, 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 uh, in Savannah, Georgia. But first I went to uh, a different university here in, the, in, uh, in Florida. Which is University of uh, of Gainesville, UF, Florida. University of Florida in Gainesville. Sorry, <laughs> but um, when I when I went, when I went to school there, I was I wasn't doing uh, photography or design. Uh, you know, like the person that is in charge of uh, advising you in, in high school. They, I told them I said I want to design products. I want to you know like come up with these new ideas. And they got, they, the woman was like, oh, you have to be an industrial engineer. So I went to school for the wrong thing. And I spent, I spent a lot of time going to school for the wrong thing. And I'm thinking, I'm like, when am I going to start sketching something or drawing something, you know? And, and, and you know, back then, you know, in, in uh, 1996, 97, there was, you know, we, we had internet and we had certain things, but it wasn't what it is right now. You know, the, the access to information wasn't there at that, at that point. And then uh, I met a guy that, uh, I was, actually, I went on a holiday and I met a guy in, in Europe that told me, like, oh, I'm an industrial designer. I design products and I'm like, well, wait a second, you know, what am I doing? You know, and the guy told me like, oh, you know, he goes to school in, in Savannah, Georgia, SCAD, which is the Savannah Color Arts and Design. And then, you know, like I came back to the States, I immediately, you know, went to uh, Savannah, applied for the university and all these other things. Man, they have an amazing program for industrial design and an amazing program for photography and cinematography. It's, I mean, it's just a great school. And what I liked about it was that, you know, when I was, choosing what I wanted my curriculum to be. They said, choose photography classes, all these many, 
industrial design Ooh. classes, this many. You want to do pottery? You can have pottery too. And I was like, oh my God, this is the best. That's so cool. Yeah, I, I was very lucky to be honest with you. And then, you know, my, my mother was very supportive too. My mother was like, listen, man, you know, it's going to cost probably an arm and a leg, but, you know, we'll cut it, we'll pound it, whatever we need to do. And she gave me the opportunity. And uh, I was very, very fortunate to, to, to go to SCAT. And I got a degree in industrial design. I got another degree for marine design. And then while I was doing all this, I was taking all of the photography classes possible. I didn't want to get a degree in photography because I knew that I would always do it. You know, and I, I had already the understanding based on what my, my high school teacher told me. She told me, she's like, look, Andres, photography is something that you, you have to have, first of all, uh, the, the, uh, the love for it, right? And the understanding of what you're seeing when, you, when you're appreciating a photograph. But then the main thing is you have to, you know, just be in love with it and you will always do good. You know, you will always improve. Things are always going to change. You know, and, and I, I follow her... her uh, uh, advice and 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 I, I always put put photography on on the side of everything that I was doing, but I didn't go after a degree because first of all it was a lot of money. It was more money to get another degree for photography, and and I was learning a lot. You know, I mean, I was shooting Hasselblad, I was shooting medium format. I mean, I, I got my hands, you know, on, on on every single thing that I could, and I knew that with practice everything was just going to continue to grow. So <laughs> that's my story about that. How I got into all this? <laughs> Excellent. Oh, it's a great story. It's an awesome story. Um. <laughs> I keep going back to to my other uh, alter ego, maybe as the lazy photographer. I know it's not <laughs> something to be super proud of, but um, one of the things, like you've mentioned it, you travel, you, you make hard choices to to improve your life. You you went from one university to another. Um, and then you say, yeah, I was lucky. <laughs> I don't think that's lucky. I think that is purposeful. I think Thanks. that is um, something that you knew yourself well enough to strive for and achieve. So I think that uh, it, it, maybe you got to give yourself a little more credit there because that was, that's not luck. That is definitely you, something. No, you I, I appreciate it, honestly. Uh, you know, I, I feel, uh, you know, I mean, you already seen like my website and in my in, in, in my personal website, I have different things, you know, because every single one is a different business. Uh, so like my, my macro photography, I did the tutorial with F-Stoppers. It's a 12 hour long tutorial where, you know, we explain how to, you know, how to shoot the box the way I do live, you know, and on location, Costa Rica, that sort of things, so studio, uh, stacking, the whole nine yards. But then uh, Boreal Expedition is the same thing, you know, I mean, I started doing the landscape photography. I started especially traveling a lot for the bugs because the bugs, to, to find the bugs that you see in my photos is Colombia, in the Amazons, Costa Rica, Peru, you know, like all over the place here in the States, like, like traveling throughout the States, you know, Asia, China, it's, it's just all over the place. So when you start doing something that you think that you really enjoy, the best way for you to afford doing that is to figure out a way of how you can monetize it. And that's what I did. And that's why, you know, Boreal Expedition is, I'm, I'm part owner of that business. Because when I first went to Iceland, I fell in love with the island. But then I fell, I fell in love with the people that I was with. And, you know, I told the guy, the tour guide that was doing the trip, and I, I, told, I told the guy, I said, listen, man, you know, like, 
amazing places. You know all the spots. You know, you take wonderful photos because this guy's a photographer too. But then he explained to me that he's not just a photographer. He's a policeman. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds weird. The guy is a policeman in Spain. And he told me, like, I do only certain amounts of trips throughout the year because I love Iceland and I love photography, you know. And if I do these trips, I can afford doing them. So I said, you know what? I want to become your business partner. I want to do the same thing. I want to do these trips. I want to be able to afford making these trips to Iceland. And the only way to do it is by, you know, being invested into it. You know, the same thing happened with uh, with the product photography. I mean, I did a lot of product photography for Black & Decker, for a lot of our clients, Remington, all the products that my company de works developing. We also do the photography for the packaging and other things. But if you're vested in it, you can enjoy yourself doing those things because you're monetizing them. And, and, and I mean, and, and, and that's what, because a lot of people tell me like, oh, hold on a second, Andres, you know, you, you're a micro photographer, you do micro photography, but at the same time, you're doing landscape and you're doing all these things. But, you know, like, what do you really do? Are you a photographer, but you're a designer and you have uh, design awards because of this, you know, like my company has, thank God, very luckily too. You know, we have good talent and we've been able to do a lot of different things. So what do you really do? You know, and, 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 and this is a good point because when you try to do many things, Sometimes you can fail at many things, right? But if you don't yeah. try, you won't know. And you know that's that's my motto. You know, like, I'm like, listen, if, I, if there's something that I find that that I'm, I'm gonna try to do it no matter what. You know, I will try to move, you know, the heaven and the earth. You know, but I will put it to my reach. And I'm not talking about money, because it, like most people think it's money what will get you there, but it's not true. You know. Like I was explaining to a friend of mine, he's like, man, but you're crazy. How do you think that this Iceland thing is going to work? It's pretty simple. I'm going to tell, tell all my friends that are photographers, and I'm going to make a trip where nobody, I'm not going to make money out of this, but all my friends are going to go with me, and they're going to get to enjoy this with me as well. You see? So that's the start. Later on, you start monetizing it, but you have to always have like that, the, the start at the beginning. And then, you know, like, again, if, if you, you talk to the tour guide and you mention to the guy, say, listen, man, you know, I can bring some people. They're my friends, but I'm, gonna, I'm on a budget. You know, can you help me out? You know, people will always help you out. You know what I mean? It's just kind of finding that the, the first uh, uh, step. And after that, everything comes with it. Awesome. That's amazing. So uh, how large are the groups? I've, I've actually on the other screen, I've got a, a, a group shot of the one uh, – the expedition here is this about the size of the group that you would take to Iceland? Yeah, actually, that, that was the, the trip the trip that we did in October, and I brought some guys that were cinematographers and they were shooting a bunch of video with drones and all these sort of things. But that's that's what it is. It's, it's about ten people. Yeah, uh, you can see me sitting in the I don't know if it's backwards, but in the left hand corner. Yeah, right second, yeah, second right from the end there. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. the guy with the red jacket that's my my business partner. Okay. <laughs> but you see this type of pictures is what I was mentioning to you before. So, I mean, this one that is here, I put it there because, you know, like it's, it's like my, my team. Yeah. But we take these type of pictures of people. So, like, when you see, like, action adventure, people jumping, you know, like, coming out of the mountain, like, the climbs, these sort of things, you know, it, it's uh, because the photographers usually don't have any photos <laughs> of themselves. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. that's true. It's it's funny you say that. I did. Uh, my wife and I were. I think we were in Saint Martin, and we went scuba diving. And I had my little underwater camera, and I'm taking all these pictures. But I wasn't in. Obviously, I'm the guy with the camera. I didn't. 
I wasn't any of the pictures. And there was on the boat, they they sent their own diver down, and he had a Nikon DSLR in a body, in a housing, and on the the boat back to shore, he's burning CDs and sending selling them to us right on the boat. Yeah. And he got his laptop, and here's pictures of me scuba diving, and I know I'm not in any of mine. And yeah, right. uh, and I, you're darn right. I bought his CD off of him. I forget how much it costs. I didn't care. Mark, I went, I went, I went to Mexico with my wife and her family, and I hired a guy to take pictures of us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, like it is what it is. You know, as a photographer, you forget about yourself sometimes. And yeah. and you know, the, the the thing that is sad is that you know we capture all these beautiful moments, and and people see these places that they look, you know like marvelous and majestic, you know, like these Aurora Borealis pictures and all these other things. But man, I'm telling you, the, the, the feeling of being there and, and being with the other photographers and friends of yours, the camaraderie, you know, you're talking about it and the pictures are happening. And then you go home and you have that one picture with the Aurora Borealis and, and you don't have any pictures with your friends or anything at all, you know? Uh, that's a mistake that, you know, I stopped making and now, believe it or not, I, I, I you know, like because we're taking groups photos like this i have a lot of, a lot of people take pictures of me that's why the picture with the waterfall i'm posing with my with my lens and all these other things yeah. because i'm telling them hey take a picture of me too you know bring it home yeah. <laughs> that's awesome that's absolutely awesome to first off that you you were able to do this and that you figured out a way to do this and 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 have it pay for itself and hopefully make you a little extra income on, on the side but um also that you're giving these experiences to people um now while you're on this trip are, are, do these photographers turn to you for uh, education as well? So do, do you teach them how to take pictures? Yes. Long exposures and things? Yes, yes, correct. I mean, yeah, we we, uh, we usually, before the trip takes place, we tell them what type of gear they need to bring with them. And, we, you know, we walk through the gear that they have. We, we teach them how to use, you know, like back focusing buttons and, you know, like obviously shooting in manual. And we teach, we teach everything related to uh, landscape photography you know, hyperfocal length and all these other things, you know, obviously all your basics of uh, photography. Uh, but uh, the most important thing that we do is uh, because obviously the photographers that come with us, they, they want to learn things, but at the same time, they want to be left to photograph. So they want to explore, you know, they want to find different mm -hmm. things. So what we do is that, you know, we, we tell them, listen, guys, you know, this wonderful place from here, from here, from here, you know, you can get amazing shots. Those are your shots that, you'll find online, you know, this is the shops that you're going to see that everybody's posting on Instagram and that sort of things. But then, you know, if you guys want to walk a little bit, you know, we tell the group, you can walk, we can walk maybe, you know, half a mile around this, 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 uh, waterfall and we can get this amazing shot from the bottom. You know, who wants to come and check it out? So some people will stay in the top, some other people will come in the bottom. And then, you know, like the, the principles of photography, Especially when people are going to Iceland to, to do landscape, I mean, most of the most of the people already have really good knowledge of it. So what we do is uh, we walk through those processes, but then when we finish photographing everything and we go back to our houses because we have multiple houses throughout the island, that's how we do the tour. The tour is like around the entire island. When we go, when we get to the houses, we pop up the computers, open uh, Lightroom, Photoshop. And that's when we really teach them. Because the thing is, one thing, the, the camera can do so much. But Mark, you said it before. You don't see in the photo what you had in your mind. Yeah. Right? So we make sure that we teach them the 
very good principles, very solid principles of, of post-processing, of how to take these images that they just that they just took and how to get all these colors right, how to make sure that the dynamic range is there, you know, like it fix the highlights, you know, like all the, all the different things, you know. The, of course, that the, the knowledge that we have as, as professional photographers, you cannot fully teach it, right? Because if you're talking to people, you're saying like, oh, you know, we're going, to, I'm going to use all these uh, different like techniques to bring all the dynamic range out here. I mean, you're gonna confuse everybody. So what we do is make sure that we give the really very strong principles. But then the ones that do know, then we start talking about obviously we go in depth and we're talking about you know like bracketing and how we're going to get this photo right. You know, like for example, I goes with some people that have such a good knowledge of photography. And they tell you, they say, listen, man, you know, I want this photo. I'm trying to get, you know, maybe two or three shots because I want to stack them and I want to do this and I want to do that. <clears throat> but when I bring them into the computer, it's not working for me. Then I, you know, then we come and then we tell them, like, hey, listen, go to this file, open this, this setting. This will automate this for you. This will do this for you. This will bring the highlights out, your shadows, your dynamic range and all these other things, how to save it, you know, how to. So those people that know more, we, we go more in depth and the people that don't, we give them the good basics so that they can uh, post process their photos and get good quality uh, shots. I mean, you, you teach know, you're teaching to. Yeah. it's one thing and the post processing is the other half. Excellent. Yeah, that's, that's phenomenal. I just, uh, Iceland obviously is on, uh, I think it's on all of our bucket lists, but it's definitely on, on mine. Um, we, I had the opportunity just before, um, everything went south on us in 2019. My wife and I did Alaska, and we did two weeks in Alaska. Alaska um, is such a beautiful. I, I would love to go back. Uh, uh, we were there in the middle of summer, so obviously uh, it didn't get dark till uh, one o'clock in the morning or something like that. It got, finally got dark, so seeing things like auroras was completely out of the question. But uh, to go back in the in the uh, in the fall or in the winter to see the auroras would be. Something for sure, or, or Iceland is the Aurora. So. Hey, you guys, let me know. I'm telling you, you guys get the yeah. family price 100. <laughs> <laughs> percent Oh man, I've been trying to, to drag uh, Eliza to come to come yeah. to Iceland. You know, well, we should all book the same trip, and we'll all go. And we we have to, we have to, we got to do a, you know, like not all, not every trip that you do has to be for work, right? You have to have yeah. a trip where you can just go and have some good time with your friends. So, uh, hey, yeah. you guys, let me know. The Aurora Borealis usually happens at the beginning of the year or at the end of the year, right? It's the best times to see it. And yep. Iceland is a six-hour flight from New York, so mm -hmm. I'm sure that you know it's, it's, not, it's not it's not that far. No, and then, not too bad. Yeah. yeah, I think I think from Toronto, New York is about an hour and three quarters, or or even two hours. So it's not too bad at all. No, not at all. Yeah, not too bad at all. So we're, we're, we're coming to the top of the hour here. We've got just a couple more questions. But before I get into those, um, Aurora, Brian, do you have any more questions for Andres? I'm just a little curious because, I mean, you're a photographer, obviously, but you went to school for uh, industrial design. Uh, you're doing industrial design as well, right? Yeah, that's correct. So in 2000 and, and, uh, 2009, I, I left, uh, I used to work for Black and & Decker uh, okay. and I, I, I left my corporate like job at Black & Decker and I went to open my own firm. But to make it work, we had to open it in China. 
So oh, my wow. business partner and I, we, <laughs> we decided to go to China. So we went there during the Olympics in 2008. And we oh. opened my company, Concepto Studios, which is the design firm that designs the products. And so yeah, I still design products. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a director now than a designer as I was before. But, uh, but I still have the company. But the thing is, you see, designing products is very like photography. It's just a process. And, you know, if you follow the right process, you will have the right results. So, it's, you know, it's a matter of, the, you know, just putting dedication and time into it. And, you know, I try to explain that to people when, when it comes to macro, because uh, it's, it's not an easy thing to, to master. It's a very easy thing to learn. You know, you, you can you can take a macro lens and get close to an insect and photograph them, and you're gonna have a picture. You know, maybe you're not gonna have this amazing photograph, uh, but only dedication and time will give you that. You know, and and I mean, and I find that to be true to all kinds of photography. You know, the same thing with the the ultimate products, and and the products require photography as well because you know, we, you need packaging, you need to take pictures of the of like details and for presentations and then you're doing this uh, 3d renderings and the 3d rendering at the end of the day is a digital photograph so you still need to make sure that you place it in the right location that you have the right composition so on and so forth you know awesome uh mike mike i mean i can go on and on and on i can ask you yeah. business strategies i can go because i mean what you do in day tripper photo are kind of similar in a lot of ways uh in fact the only time that i've seen the aurora borealis was with mark um up in were you you were on that trip weren't you mark um yeah. no that was the year that oh, was the year that that I went. No. yeah but it was on this island up in north bay and it wasn't anything like what you would see in iceland i keep going back to the video of it but yeah that's the only time i've ever seen it but uh that was on a day trip and that was on a, a, a situation like what you're saying where you know something i want to do i have all mm -hmm. the, these people register for a workshop it allows me to go and do it as well and i get to enjoy much more out of photography and see um learn new things through the eyes of my students very much like what you were saying i think that whole thing you were talking about relates very much to what i do with day tripper uh, so i could sit and ask your business stra strategies and your marketing strategies and but i'm not going to go <laughs> i just i'm super happy that you're doing it and i love that you're able to turn what your passions are into your day-to-day -day lifestyle which is exactly the point of our podcast here and i think you've been fantastic as a guest and i really appreciate you taking the time to be with us yeah, tonight. thank, no, you, thank so you brian thank you guys for doing this believe it or not uh, you know when Lisa told me about the podcast i went online i went on youtube i've been watching many of them i saw the intro i saw you know oh. <laughs> i think this is the first <laughs> this is you know the thing is it's what I, I told you earlier you know i mean first of all this is the first time i do a podcast okay honest to god you know and and, and to me you know i mean i'm, I'm very flattered by it you know i'm like oh i'm gonna do a podcast this is pretty cool man you know, but, but, you know, because of the way I am, which I was telling you earlier, I mean, I got to go, I've got to, I'm doing a podcast. I go watch all the videos. What's going on? What, you know, how it takes place? What's happening? You know, like I need to make sure that I know everything about it so that I can give myself to the podcast, you know, and if somebody's going to ask me questions about, you know, the things I do, which in my day to day, it's just my life. You know, I don't, I don't see it as anything special. I know a lot of people do, and and I mean, I'm very flattered by it. You know, like when people tell me wonderful pictures, uh, great tutorial, and everything that you've done with this is amazing. 
I, I myself, I'm like, oh, wow, you know, I mean, like, yeah, I get red and I'm like, well, thank you, you know. <laughs> but in my life, you know, like developing the products and doing the photography, it's, it's, it's just a day-to-day -day thing because I will always, no matter if there's internet or not, or if people want to see it or not, I will always take pictures. I will always come back home and post-process them and put them in my computer and in my walls because this is my museum, my own home. What you love. Yep. You know, and, and, and that is never going to change. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm really happy to have podcasts, man. This is the first time I'm one podcast. Cool. Perfect. Well, we're super, <laughs> glad, we're super glad you could make it. Um, awesome. So we'll, we'll get into uh, we'll, we'll do the three questions. So um, the first one is um, we often talk as photographers, you know, what's in your bag. We talk about the gear that's in your bag. Um, but we're not necessarily talking about gear. It's that what is that one thing, whether it be a physical item or or not, um, that you take with you or that you have with you every time that you are being creative? Well, I mean, I don't carry my camera around all the time. Uh, you know, like if I was to, like, I mean, you know, to, to, to be honest with you, I'm just a spur of the moment kind of guy, you know? I, I uh, you know, like I, I, might, I might be driving somewhere and I see something and I just, you know, stop. And if I have a phone, I'll snap a picture with my phone and I have hundreds of photos taken like that. Yep. You know, if I have the gear with me, then good. You know, I, I'll use my gear. Sometimes a lot of these photos, and I'm telling you, it's hard to believe. I know people don't believe you sometimes when you say certain things, but I mean, all my micro photography is handheld, right? Yep. So I don't use tripods or anything like that. It's all handheld. So I'm used to hand holding things. So I do a lot of panorama photos, just handheld. Yeah. I just the tripods all the time. You know, if I'm doing like a like, like a long exposure, yeah, you know, you, you you set up your tripod and just things, you know, but usually handheld things, no tripods, you know, just kind of like whatever is in your hands, get things done. Uh, but I, I will say my inspiration is always nature, man. You know, like I, I just find myself that every time I, I'm out and about, I'm hiking or I'm in Costa Rica or in Iceland or here in Miami, just out and about. Nature always inspires me, the sunsets. And believe me, this is crazy, but my apartment faces uh, north. So I don't have this, the, 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 the sunrise in Florida. We don't have sunsets, we have sunrises. But when the, su the sunset sends on the west side, so I get the most amazing sunsets where you can only see the clouds changing color. I take a lot of photos of this. I don't post them anywhere, but I have some amazing ones. I will send you guys some. You'll see. Cloudscapes are beautiful. Yeah. Man, awesome. What I'm telling you, I just watch them. I sit down there in, the, in my balcony and I just watch. I don't take pictures. Sometimes I take pictures and I don't. But nature is always a major thing that inspires me for everything. Good. Perfect. As it should be, I think, Excellent. personally. Yeah, absolutely. I've got That's what's most important. For I've sure. got some some interesting shapes forming in the snow as things get buried in my backyard. So I, oh, I can imagine. <laughs> I, I meant to get out there today, but it wasn't sunny like originally they had said it was going to be. It was completely overcast. So uh, may, maybe tomorrow afternoon or on the weekend I'll get out there because the, I know the dogs won't venture into that deep snow to get it off to go myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the next question is: What is your jam? Um, what is the music or the song that gets you going? What What is it that uh, you just, whenever you hear it, you always turn it up and it just gets you moving? Oh, man, I'm, I think I'm bipolar because uh, it could be Tool. Like, I like Tool. And, you know. And, and I think you're my brother. <laughs> I think you're my long-lost brother. I, I, my mind is, oh, 
And then you, you know, like, I, I, tool goes on, I go off, you know. But at the same time, you know, it, it could be something just very chill, you know, like uh, Bruce Springsteen or something. Okay. You know? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I love music, though. I love music. I listen to all kinds of music. But uh, yeah, like a little bit of heavy music is my thing. Perfect. Perfect. I'm getting you. I'm getting you a little bit better now. <laughs> all right. Awesome. And our last question this evening is: um, Was the photo was the challenge? So we we had asked you in the letter to issue a challenge to our viewers. Oh, I, 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 I did. I did. Uh, yeah. Let me and, open that email because I don't have it with me. Let me open the email. Hold on a second. <laughs> we can help remind you if you'd like. Oh yeah, yeah. You guys, you guys do. That'll be better. Here, do you see the chat within our group here? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So create an artistic abstract photograph of commonly found objects using the reverse lens photography technique. So what I what I think is there you go. Flip those lenses. Find something that you have in your house. You know, like there's so many things around your house that are very, very, very interesting, and you can get some really cool. Photographs with a reverse technique, and then you know the way they can watch the video too. As I mentioned before, you know we made a very nice video. It's on YouTube. It has over a million views. Wow! Wow! Uh, and uh, yeah, man, that's 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 it. There you go. You will be able to find some very interesting things, landscapes. You know where your eyes usually don't see things. Maybe get close to your computer. You can see the pixels. Hey, it's a lot of good things that you can photograph. So that's the totally. challenge. Little right. pixel keeping, perfect. <laughs> Excellent. That's awesome. I, I I'm gonna have to try that. I tried it once on a Don Kamarachka course, um, oh, nice. a macro photography course I did with Don Kamarachka, um, just playing with stuff that I had and not borrowing lenses. But it was uh, it was interesting. I, I didn't have really great results, and I haven't done it since. So I'll have to revisit that. Nice. I, did a photo I want to see your results, Mark. <laughs> you should do it. In fact, for the for our first episode, episode zero, I, we issued the photo challenge naked photography, and yeah. I and did I, that I, naked photography yeah. challenge uh, in my bathroom. I see this look on Andre's face. I know. It's, okay, so let me explain. <laughs> naked photography. Uh, you have to use <laughs> JPEG. It's not nude photography. It's none of that. Uh, you, you shoot in JPEG. You can only take twenty photos. Ten of them have to be wall worthy. You can't edit. You can't do anything. It all has to be in camera. Oh, wow. So you have to find a 10 foot by 10 foot space and make 20 photos, 10 of which have to be wall worthy. So my way of doing this is I went to the bathroom and I did free lensing. I did reverse mount lensing. I did pictures of the toothbrush with the, the you know, the little ripple yeah, of yeah, the, the toothbrush the pattern, uh, the buttons on the on the knobs, uh, the soap bubbles, like any of that, all that kind of stuff. And it was fun. It was like really a great session. Uh, uh, I did this years ago for one of my workshops and carried it forward when we did the Expressions podcast episode zero, I think it was. I think um, I need to try that but, naked photography, man. Honestly, yeah, yeah. that's hard. It, it is. is. It is hard. hard. Years and years ago, I was in a photography course. It was it was kind of funny. Um, it was a night school program that came to the house. And I wanted to do it. It was my dad was a photographer, and I wanted to do this photography course. So I had a, a 35 millimeter uh, film camera, and I signed up for it. And it was at the local high school, and I, I think I was, I don't know, 12. So I was still in public school. I went to grade seven, 
And I showed up to the class and I was the only kid in the class. And the instructor was like, whoa, whoa, this is an adult class. But he decided to let me stay. And I think it was maybe 15 of us in the class. And, and it was in the high school. And one one day he shows up and he's got these hula hoops. And he gives each one of us a hula hoop. And we and we always had a fresh roll of film when you got to the class. And we, we go out outside and he tells us all to just throw our hula hoop. So everybody throws their hula hoop and we're standing like at a parking lot. So most people are throwing them out in the parking lot and that, and the lucky ones that landed like sort of half on a parking block or, or half on the grass, half on the, the uh, asphalt, because once it landed, he goes, okay, take your 24 images in that circle. Oh, get out of here. And make them <laughs> I was lucky mine had landed on a parking block and there was a couple of cigarette butts and, and whatnot. Nice, nice. So wow, that's a good one too, man. But it's that that is good. Yeah. the 10 by 10 challenge, but it was... Yeah, actually, it was challenging to come up with, 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 a, with a question, you know, to come up with a challenge. And, you know, like, I mean, I thought about, like, I'm, I mean, I was like, I mean, it's macro, right? I mean, I'm known for doing macro photography. Let's challenge something with reverse lens. But what you're telling me right now, like throwing the, the hula hoops and all these things yeah. or going into the room and taking 20 naked pictures. Coming from Miami, that could be scary too. You never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something else. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. All right. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us this week, everyone, for uh, Expressions Podcast Season 2, Episode 9, where we spoke with Andres Malign about his amazing photography and his adventures in Iceland. Um, if you're if you're liking what you're seeing, please like, subscribe, share, uh, comment below. Um, we're going to put the uh, links to Andres. Um, can we put your Instagram, your Facebook, yeah. and all that down below as well? Um, sure, as well sure. Andres, if you want to give us the... Um, the link to your travel company for uh, Boreal. Boreal. For Boreal. Uh, we'll, we'll, put that, we'll put that below as well. Excellent. Um, yeah. Thank you very much, everyone. And uh, thanks for joining us. And have a great evening. Bye now. Bye.